We are watching Avatar The Last Airbender. And you are listening to Atlas Shrugged, the Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. We've made it all the way to episode two in book one, which we all know is water. All the way. We've watched two episodes so far. So, uh, (laughs) this is my... I can't even begin to put a number on it time through watching Avatar, and this is your first time ever seeing episode two. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in case you missed the first episode here, uh, me and Kaylee are doing sort of a different kind of podcast. Usually when you're um, watching a, a podcast that's focused in on one particular kind of media, you get two experts at that given uh, work. Um, here you don't. Um, sorry, you can't get your money back because you didn't pay anything for this. You are getting one expert, um, with literary laurels, my lovely wife, Kaylee, and you're getting me. As far as experts go. Watching the show for the first time. Uh, been closet expert with my best friend, Casey, since, uh, probably around the age 12, 13, and I'm super stoked, so... Would you say that as a teenager, you were angsty? <laughs> That's the worst joke I have planned for tonight. Stick around, folks. Here we go. Episode two of Atla Shrugged. So we kick right off with season one, book one, water book, right? Episode two. Two. Yeah. So what happens first? Well, this episode is called The Avatar Returns. So, um, I think that is probably what happened. So, the episode is called The Avatar Returns. So, that's probably what happened. The Um, Avatar Returns. I thought he returned in the last episode. He was in that huge block of ice. See, but even we, episode one, didn't know he was the Avatar. We had great reason to think with his glowy arrows... And superpowers, and the fact that he was 112 years old and frozen in a block of ice, that he's probably a special dude, but we didn't know he was the Avatar. The thing of this is, I'm seeing this uh, as a first-time viewer, and I didn't know anything about this little dude except um, what he looked like and his sweet forehead tat. Um, so he emerges out of this block of ice, and um, basically, you, you heard the last episode, you already know what happened in uh, the first episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. So, how does this episode start, Kaylee? So, uh, let's start with Aang's line. We boobied right into it. So, they boobied right into the booby trap and opening right with the conflict, uh, the tribe not trusting uh, Aang, who's kind of coming in here a little bit recklessly with all his fun and penguin surfing, penguin sledding. And what do you know? Now... He's gone and gotten Katara, who's like the most responsible person ever, speaking in trouble. Of, speaking of penguin sledding, Kaylee, have you ever heard? I'm I'm sorry. Have you ever played a game called Pen Pen Trisalon? Sure, haven't. You haven't played Pen Pen Trisalon. <laughs> have well, not. <laughs> you were not one of the unlucky people at the Blockbuster in 2000, thinking that that might be a good game. It was a game. I think it was only for Sega Dreamcast. Um, anyway, it was a racing game where you raced penguins. I believe you raced on their bellies, and um, you know, if if nothing else made me want to pick up a Dreamcast controller um, in the past 
you know, 24 minutes, uh, that definitely did. <laughs> well, we could probably see if the writers are fans of that game. Pen Pen tries. That's probably where they got it. I don't know. I, I smell a lawsuit coming on. So uh, you were talking about you were talking about this um, relationship between uh, Aang, who's come in and you know he's he's spiced up everybody's life, but uh, he's made things a little more complicated. They were used to sort of this rural parochial um, way of life uh, that was unexciting, and uh, whatever their fate presented to them, they would accept. You know, with uh, with humility and stuff, you know, typical rural pastoral um, sort of tropey thing. And with that line that you were mentioning about fun, here's my question. Does that village want fun? Do they want fun or do they want things to stay the same? I think what Avatar does so well is ha- show how the history unfolds. So you learn a little bit more about the characters. So the history here... So we know that there's an ongoing war with the Fire Nation. Fire Nation sucks. And we know, based on episode one, that Katara, who's a young girl, is the only waterbender in the Southern Water Tribe. So then we get a closer look at the tribe when Aang and Katara come back from the ship to the village and see literally a shot of the whole village which is nothing but old women mothers children and Sokka and two dudes little boys little girls Mm -hmm. Sokka who's like 15 at this point the closest thing they have to a man at this village the closest thing that they have to to a quote-unquote alpha and Sokka takes it seriously Sokka sees that flare and immediately suspects Aang as is his his place to do so he's the oldest he's the man of the tribe and we don't know anything about where all the other men went yet probably off to war is a good assumption but here's Sokka this poor 15 year old kid who's taken on the role of a man and he's protecting his whole family his whole village that's a lot of responsibility on a man's a young man's shoulders. Yeah. Right? So we get this scene, and it's under this beautifully animated, this amber sky. We get a lot of uh, long shots that I saw uh, that sort of, uh, they, they sort of evoke uh, this feeling, the, this feeling that the, uh, that the village itself is just like a blip on the map. It's, uh, it, it's in a rural, remote uh, area, and the only thing that they have to worry about is themselves. Themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then then what happens? So this is where I think I want to make an early, early shout out to my two favorite characters. Favorite character in the whole series, Sokka, no question. Uh, he's my main dude. Sokka wins? Sokka wins. Um, Katara, Katara is certainly the character in fiction that I identify with more than anyone, as I think is the case for many, 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 many young women. Because um, Katara rocks and she's a super powerful woman. But you see that... Super early on, Sokka points the finger at Aang, and Aang, you know, (laughs) didn't do anything really wrong. He was just being a kid, which was silly because he's 100 years later and he has no idea what his actions, uh, what the consequences of his actions are. Yes, Kaylee, technically it's 100 years later, but actually since he's been frozen in ice, he still has the mentality of an extraordinary, albeit, but a 12 or 13 year old, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Kaylee is looking at me with those um, 
well, she's got. <laughs> what co- are you going for? Color? I, uh, <laughs> I just the <laughs> quality. The quality. She in has her. eyes. I do, she and I eyes. see out of them. The moment that really happens here is you see Katara really feel this moment when Sokka says, "What does he say?" We talk about relevancy. He says, the foreigner is banished from our village. So uh, this is a really important moment when Aang and Katara are coming back and facing the tribe. Um, It's just sort of assumed, you know, oh, Aang got Katara into this. And it's his fault. Yeah, Yeah, it's the new guy's fault. His fault. And Sokka seeing a Fire Nation flare fire. I think rightfully assumes with malicious intent (laughs) and moves to protect his tribe. And as the oldest, you know, man there says, the foreigner is banished from our village. You can tell that that writing is truly great when it tells you everything you need to know about one of the characters. And it does it with such thrift that it was such thrift and ease. Let, let me just go into it. Uh, Katara says, are you happy now? There goes my one chance of getting with Aang. Um, she doesn't. Of getting with Aang. She doesn't say Aang. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> of becoming a waterbender. Of becoming a waterbender. Yeah, and um, and so you get... The, the reason I say this is such a great line is because you get a sense of water... Of where, of water, of where, of where, <laughs> of where, thank you for the pity laugh, Kaylee. Um, Katara sees her life, her prospects, where she's at in this rural place. And so you're going to be at home listening to this podcast thinking, wow, this guy is telling me that they live not close to a big city. And he's been doing that for eight minutes now. Woo! Kaylee, you know things. I mean, okay, on that note, we're not just talking about a rural city. We're talking about a remote village, the last of the southern water tribe. We are not in an age with cell phones or internet or even television or or automobiles. We are among a ice nomadic people. Dude, nobody's come to their village ever. Mm-hmm. This is not only her one shot to be a waterbender, it's her one shot to go anywhere. Foreigners banished from the village. Katara's like, nah, man, I'm going to be a waterbender. And then Aang, no hesitation, dude, shows his character and he's like, Katara, I don't want to come between you and your family. Besides, I haven't cleaned my room in like a hundred years, so I got to go do that, I guess. L-O-L. And then devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean... I'm going to just say grand 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 pulling the hard some hard truth on Katara that she's got to stand by Sokka's decision to tell him to leave. Katara doesn't know it yet, but grand grand feels the weight that hurt her when Katara said, see, there goes my last chance of ever being a waterbender, of ever becoming something. It cuts deep. Man, grand grand's got experience. We'll learn about that in due time. And so Sokka, what does he do? He goes through that teenage rite of passage, and he gets dressed to go to his very first meeting of the Juggalos. The who? You don't know what Juggalos are? Guys, my wife does not know what a Juggalo is, and she's missing out. 
my wife's just a little bit younger than I am, as you could probably tell by the... Um, I'm going to ask him to cut this out, and I know that he's not going to, and... It's fine if you make fun of me in comments. It's if people fine. Ca- if you- like even listen long enough to get to this point, like make fun of me fine. I think people are more likely to make fun of me for knowing what a juggalo is. So a juggalo, if you're not acquainted with the ways of the juggalo, if you're not cultured <laughs> uh, like I am, a juggalo <laughs> is a devout fan of a uh, musical group called Insane Clown Posse, abbreviated as ICP. Um, they are... See, I don't feel even remotely dumb anymore. Okay. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, like, don't hold your breath. This isn't like, this isn't like a. Oh, you didn't read that thing in the New Yorker about juggalos. This is not that. Sometimes it is that with me, but this is not that. Um, no, but I just thought that he looked like he was getting ready for a a meeting of the juggalos, and un- unfortunately, that joke didn't land on you. And, um, and that is you fine. know what. Um, so enter act two. Enter act two. Um, is is that correct? Is Mm. that, is that the breaking point? I don't know. You're, you're the one who's supposed to know these things. (laughs) Okay. So we switched to seeing Sokka putting on his paint, Mm -hmm. pulling on his boots and he puts that boomerang on his back. two liters of Fago ready. And we Mm -hmm. sort of see Prince Zuko doing the same thing. Putting the Fire Nation helmet on. Right, except his makeup is way worse. It's very uneven. Like it's, asymmetrical. That is a hor- horrible joke. Maybe I'll understand why that's a horrible joke later. Maybe I'll have to come back and issue a retraction. I don't know. Has that even been explained yet? I don't think so. I don't know. I just thought he, I, I just thought he had a, an interesting cosmetic choice. Uh, th- this is further evidence that I should just shut my mouth and let the person who knows what they're talking about talk. He was... It's a it's a burn across his face. It's a burn across his face. How dare you judge him? He's a cartoon. You couldn't tell the the difference between his red flesh and white flesh was a burn. He's the bad guy. I thought he was wearing the war paint. I thought he was getting his two liter of strawberry lemonade flavored Fago out and holstered to his hips that he could go to the meeting of the Juggalos with Sokka. And I'm sorry for thinking that. Okay, so Sokka, he goes to stand up on the wall as the Fire Nation ship literally just like rams the ice. The Fire Nation ship just just comes right at him. It's just going to come ashore. Sokka's standing on the wall, the only guy up there to defend them. And then for the second time, episode one, we saw his watchtower fall over because of Aang this time. The ship hits the iceberg and his watchtower is the first thing to fall. Boat cleaves the icebergs. How does that work? I don't know. That's probably an ICP song. They have like 12 albums. It's got to be on one. So how did you feel when you were seeing that for the first time? Sokka standing there with the ship about to like hit him. Um, Well, I knew that he wasn't any danger because um, he's on the DVD covers of subsequent box sets. (laughs) (laughs) So I I figured he wasn't in any danger. However. He made a great impression in those two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) What I was thinking that is cleaving the iceberg it was a really nice um it was a really nice shot it conveyed you know there's not there's not just the village isn't surrounded by little little notches in the iceberg where the ship has run in a couple of times it's not like they pass through like it's i-80 and they're trying to get a coney on their way into illinois like that's just not (laughs) 
what's happening here. It's probably the first time that they've seen Fire Nation folks ever, right? To be continued. No? No? Just when I thought I was right. Yeah, I'm not going to go there yet. But good good observations there, Edge. So then um, they get Finn to fight. There's going to be a a ballroom blitz, a schoolhouse uh, bout, right? (laughs) We (laughs) see kind of the difference between the prowess and battle, the matchup between the boys pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Zuko drops down. His, what do you call those? The the boosh, the things that fall off the end of the ship, the ramps. Is it just a ramp? <laughs> I thought, <laughs> here's what I thought when I was watching this scene. I thought that he would use Katara's bangs as sort of like a handle like you would in the subway and then just drop down uh, gently onto the iceberg. Kaylee's looking at Don't me and shaking her Don't pick on her hair loopies. They're everything. The, okay. I'm sorry that I called them bangs. They're technically called loopies. And they're... An interesting choice. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying interesting. I thought it was cool. It a was little cool. bit like Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's distinctive. It's those distinctive aesthetic decisions that will help you relate to a, 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 a human character in extraordinary circumstances. It's kind of one of those things that conveys those extraordinary circumstances. I, I like them. I just wanted to make a note that they were they were looking... They were looking especially loopy. They were looking especially loopy. All right. The ramp. We're just going to go with ramp falls down. And Sokka just, dude, he just runs up there. Spear first. He's going to take this Fire Nation prince out, except Zuko's like crazy trained in battle and martial arts. And it was right, But he was going in there. He was going to risk it all for the village because, well, where does this come from, Kaylee? Is this a sense of duty? Um, definitely a sense of duty. And we see that this has been touched by war. We don't know to what extent yet, but I think that it's worth noting that when Sokka saw the prince of the Fire Nation coming down to meet him, he did not even begin with decorum. There was no greeting him. There was no, what can we do? Why are you here? This was get the hell Away from my family. Because the whole squad's with him, too. He's ready to fight five dudes. They're in masks, you know? And they're they're looking like they're ready to fight. And why don't they jump in? They see this is clearly something in between um, the two young boys, the two teens. Yeah. I mean, Zuko, you know, throws him aside. And then at this point now, Zuko's arc is... One of the best also in fiction. I think it's a fantastic story arc, character arc. It's going to be fantastic to experience that with you right now. If you like Zuko, you're just wrong. He's clearly horrible. He walks in there. He's the bad guy. And if you make fun of Zuko's uh, weird eye, then I guess you're the double bad guy, right? Yeah, AJ, you suck. (laughs) I I can see the comments now. I'm not very good at trash talking. So yeah. Zuko comes in, and at this point, what does he do? He's like, I'm looking for the Avatar. I know you're hiding him. And he asks them literally Uh one time, and they all stare at him silently afraid. And the next thing he does is just punch fire over women and children and old, old ladies. Right. He just goes straight to punching, which this is not literary analysis or anything, but um, is he a little... uh He's a little angry, little. Uh, He's the mad boy. 
A life of evil will do that to you. He's got a lot to be angry about. He's misguided. And what's cool about this show, too, is that you don't really know about what makes the bad guys the bad guys. You just kind of know Fire Nation, the symbolism, they are bad. Clearly, they're being portrayed. But you don't really know, other than the fact that they are diametrically opposed to the intentions of these people that we've latched onto and we've spent more screen time with, you don't really know why the Fire Nation's bad. Sorry, I'm just going to say that. You don't know why. Yeah. All all you know is that the Hundred Year War began and everything changed because the Fire Mm -hmm. Nation attacked. That's all we we know. We only know that really from the intro and the few things that we've seen so far. I mean, they they do a hell of a lot better than like a a traditional anime where, where it almost doesn't matter why someone's bad. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just like, oh, that's the bad guy. (gasps) Anyway. That's the thing is the characters are so good. Nobody's bad for no reason. We'll get there. Anyway. um, So Prince Zuko starts to intimidate people and then Aang, the Avatar, shows back up. Um, And then M. Night Shyamalan uh, takes off his mask. He's been in one of the Fire Nation costumes the entire time. And he goes, it's pronounced Ong. It's not pronounced Ong. It's Aang. <laughs> it was an original American cartoon. Shyamalan. And it was, I can't, do not get me started. Shyamalan. Do not get me started. Shyamalan. You've had one job. Plus, I mean, just yeah. the diligence of these writers. Have you guys have you guys seen Dragon Prince? Like, oh my God. Watch Dragon Prince too. It's, a, same it's writers, fantastic. Same right? Yeah, same guys. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Aang shows back up and I think this is awesome. You get Zuko's like, dun, dun, dun. Like they start circling each other. It's time to duel. Mm -hmm. And then Zuko's like, how can this child be the avatar? He's like, you're just a child. And then what does Aang say? Well, you're just a teenager. Aang uh, transcends time and space. I don't know about that, actually. But Aang, Aang is wise beyond his years. Let's just say that. You're you're on the right track for sure. Stick with it. Okay. So, classic Aang zinger. He diffuses the situation by, again, showing Aang's character is from the beginning. Aang is peaceful. He does not want to fight. He does not want to hurt anyone. He says immediately, will you promise to leave everyone alone if I just go with you? And then Zuko's like, yeah, dude. Because he knew that that's the only play that he had that would spare the village. And everyone saw that. And again, Katara, from the beginning steps forward that's powerful she's like 12 or 13 years old Mm -hmm. and these this warship just trashed their village and these people can firebend and she can like pick up some water Mm -hmm. but she's the only one who can even do that and she Mm -hmm. steps forward and tries to defend ang right and you would think that she doesn't really have an example of that behavior she doesn't have a role model for that behavior at least not yet she hasn't seen that she's known that that is Sokka's job we haven't seen that right right, right. so I mean and she doesn't have any, uh, a role model for that but she does it anyway um, and my read is that it's more or less uh, the influence of uh, Aang you know dropping down to the life bringing that huge dog huge flying dog he's a flying bison flying bison yep yep um you guys have no idea how long it took to record those harmonies we hope you enjoy he's lying 
I'm not. It took me like five minutes. So anyway, we should probably really focus on this. I want, wow, AJ, what was it like to learn along with the villagers and everyone else in the show that Aang was the Avatar? Um, Not surprising because the show is called Avatar The Last Airbender. I mean, that part didn't floor me. For the villagers, it was probably like a shock. It was probably like a, you know, like a popcorn moment. <laughs> and you're right. It is like the title of the show. Yeah. Um, That's like you see the first shot of space in Star Wars. It's like, oh, I knew they were there. Well, then Aang what, gets up on the ship. <clears throat> I'm just going to transition because I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, so we enter act three. Aang has accompanied Zuko and his Fire Nation soldiers back on the ship, leaving the Southern Water Tribe to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's when it cuts to Katara standing out on the edge of the ice, watching the ship sail away. And Sokka, you know, is watching her in the background. And Katara's like, no ifs, ands, or buts. We've got to go save him. He just saved all of us. We have to go rescue him. Yes. Yeah, you got a really nice example of, of, would you say Katara's drive to be Aang's friend goes beyond her wanting to learn what he could teach? Yeah, I think um, what Grand Grand says to them next, because Sokka, being the wonderful big brother in person that he is, uh, turns out was totally on the same page. And he already had a boat, little boat ready to go. He loves Aang. He does too. And he realized like, oh, dang, it's literally the Avatar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wrong. And he about faced Sokka is not afraid to admit when he's wrong. Yeah. Um, but then Grand Grand's there and she explains that they were the two who discovered the Avatar when he came back to the world and now their fates are tied with his. Does she explain that? Because I thought she just said, look, I got you a sleeping bag. She did say that. But as the only old wise person in this scenario so far, Uh we are to take what Grand Grand says as, yep, that's it. Follow that. Follow that. It's just the way cartoons go, right? Granny knows best. Epitome of cool mom moment from the Grand Grand. And she is so proud of Katara and tells her she's going to be an amazing waterbender. And then she tells Sokka to be nice to his sister. And then Appa, the flying bison, comes back. I'm not going to do it again. (laughs) It was too hard to harmonize the first time. It was not. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then Appa comes back and uh, still can't fly, I guess, but he hops on and starts swimming way faster than their little canoe would go, and they go after Aang. Meanwhile, back at the Fire Nation boat, which, I mean, what's up with that? Fire Nation boat on water? <laughs> anyway, good turn. Back on the ship, mm-hmm. we get Zuko, who, you know, princely, he... Hands over, uncle, would you take this to my quarters? And then Iroh's like, hey, would you take this to his quarters for me? And then Zuko's like, hey, take this helmet to the cleaners. When I saw Katara, I drooled a little bit. So there's a little spittle in there. Could you? Oh, see, there are a lot of fans. There's a lot of fanfic, a lot of fan art um, of people who think that Katara and Zuko should be together. I mean, whatever. You're, yep. you're entitled and- to your opinion. I'd love to find some of that and post it. That's pretty cool. Anyway, just search like hashtag 
Zuko and Katara, and you'll probably get like plenty of what you're looking yep. for. Anyway, Aang cuts back to him in some dark red metal hallway with his hands tied behind his back, being escorted by Fire Nation soldiers. And he says something like, so, uh, I guess you guys have never fought an airbender before, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's this whole dramatic thing. Um, I don't know if this this early analysis will come back to bite me, but I think one of Aang's strengths is making his opponent sort of think that his youth contributes to some sort of naivety that puts him at a disadvantage in battle when clearly that's not true because Aang is so powerful. Aang is so powerful. As soon as he realizes these dudes, as soon as he started walking with them and they tied his hands with a rope, Aang was like, oh, these men do not know what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, And here's my thing too. Why do groups of bad guys always stand still in place for like four seconds they just uh, groups of bad guys i don't know you just get two or three bad guys together and they all just stand there with their weapons drawn while the protagonist says something and the same thing happens in spider-man the same thing happened in power rangers they just stand there this valuable time that they could be spent there's probably rules and regulations about what and how much violence you're allowed to show to children we're gonna have to brush up on on the fcc standards (laughs) as as to how long bad guys need to stand in one place before uh, some butt kicking begins stand we in intimidating form do not yes. swing weapon mm-hmm. um, I would just also like to say I like Avatar because there are no guns and no that's guns. cool I, yeah. no bullet lots bending. of uh, like stabs and um, giant boulders and flaming balls but like no guns <laughs> say yes to balls say no to guns all we've got is Aang, who's like, yep, they don't know what they're doing. And then he just takes a deep breath and blows Whoop. them all the way back down the hallway. Boom. And pretty much escapes. Biff. He starts running all through. Um, and mm-hmm. we see him start to look for his staff. And then it cuts back to Katara yeah. and Sokka, who are trying to get Appa, the flying bison, to fly. Uh-huh. Being very reluctant, a little shy about the flying thing. Well, he is very big, and he's just very been big. frozen for a hundred years, so he had to, you know, recharge a little, warm up, mm-hmm. get that circulation going, carb up, maybe eat a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Like I still don't think I know what Appa eats. What does Appa eat? Grass, maybe. What do bison? What eat? do bison eat? Um, any biologists who happen to be listening at this point, if you could tell us what bison eat. That would be great. Um, we tried to Google it, but we just got a lot of really weird, specific restaurant recommendations that we can't take advantage of at this uh, point in history. So if there are any biologists out there, I'd assume you have to be a bison biologist. Um, uh, get at us. Anyone Let us know what bison Anyone with at eat. least a master's degree in bison biology, please Kaylee come has forward. requirements. At least a master's. Bison biology. Bison biology. <laughs> Uh, so... Dining bison! Sokka and Katara. <laughs> we are really losing track here. Oh my Sokka gosh, and you're Katara. so Thank you so much. Atla. Let's keep it going. We're going to keep that. So, Sokka and Katara are trying to get Appa to fly, and another, I don't know, penny in the piggy bank. I'm trying to come up with a, with a metaphor on the spot, and it's stupid. But point for Sokka, mm-hmm. who is the point. most observant dude. Yeah. 
He's the only one who's been listening. He has the magic words going through the list in his head. He was paying attention. Yeah, yeah, ta-da. I can't remember all the things he actually says. Because Aang is a bro, yeah. But yeah, then he says, yip, yip, and voila, Mm -hmm. flying bison. Fun fact, if you say yip, yip in Kaylee's car, uh, she leaves you on the curb. Goes through the drive-thru without you. Did I do that? I (laughs) Don't ask me how I know that. What does that say about me that I'm not sure if I did that? It was a very wet burrito. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yip yip to the skies. Saka, Gatara, Appa head towards the ship. We cut back to Aang, who has Aang. just been <laughs> enclosed in Zuko's room. Right. And now it's time for the ultimate showdown. The final showdown between Zuko and Aang. Or is it? It's time for Mattress Smash! One of you will not leave the cage alive. So, Prince Zuko, Avatar Aang. The showdown goes for a little bit. I think this scene's cool because you get to see Aang for the first time actually in an offensive situation and you see the difference between their fighting styles because Aang's definitely on the defense, but this is his first real hand-to-hand combat 100%, with somebody. And he's at a disadvantage. Is he at a disadvantage? He's in an enclosed room that that doesn't belong to him. He's never been in the room before. He doesn't know what's in it. The other, I think, uh, I think his opponent has the advantage because he knows what objects are in the room, however. Right, because Zuko took his staff and that trapped him and mm-hmm. is clearly not afraid of violence, whereas Aang doesn't want to hurt people. Right, exactly. And so Aang won't compromise that in order to win the battle, and um, and Zuko will. So I think it's pretty cool. Aang, some of Aang's moves, you got to see his air scooter, the little ball that he floated around the room on. That one's pretty dope. Yep. Then he, uh, you know, he can spin a staff and, like, deflect Wait, fire. Can he spin a staff. Mm-hmm. And he can send, like, really directed airstreams by, like, flinging his staff. Is that There's what all he kinds does? of stuff he can do. Is that what he does with the with the mattress? How he en- en- ends up uh, prevailing in that, in that fight? Mattress smash, yeah. Mattress smash. Yeah. And then, and then he just rolls Zuko up <laughs> into a burrito. Just shuts him right up. It was a very evil burrito. And then Aang, you know, makes it to the deck Uh when Sokka and Katara are, you know, within sight. But he opens up his glider, he jumps, and Zuko is literally just desperate. He leaps off of the freaking warship tower and grabs hold of Aang's ankle. Right. Just, Just fixated on makes him feel really evil real bad guy yeah um, we don't know yet but that is really showing zuko's desperation he has to well he's get been outmatched kid. yep I mean, can you imagine you just got rolled up in your own bed like a like a firebender burrito which i'm told Zuko-rito. will be a taco bell menu item uh Within the next year, there's there's like a for any word combination that includes the word burrito, there's like a sixty percent chance that it will be a Taco Bell menu item in the next year. You heard it here first. You heard folks. it here first. Zuko burrito. With- Zuko burrito with fire sauce. Yeah, sounds duh. delicious. Yeah, it sounds. I like really want one now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zuko grabs on. They have another little battle, but this at this point, we see Aang take his first fall. Zuko gets the upper hand, and he knocks him off the ship and into the water. Biff. 
Splash. Welcome to <laughs> Splash. <laughs> There's like massive just ice walls and icebergs and a and a warship and sploosh. Like you might you think maybe this hero is dead for a second and you're just like biff splash. <laughs> just a little bath. It's really good. Um, an impromptu bath. So what do you think? This is now the first time you see Aang. Not the first time you see him glowing, but the first time you see him in action in the Avatar state. What What do I think? Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's tasteful. Um, they had a lot of options, obviously, from the, um, from the discipline that Avatar is based in they had a lot of options for like power up they could have done a lot of things that would have been more cliche than that i thought it was subdued and tasteful but the the i mean it was it was cool i mean ang powers up and you feel you feel like you powered up too you know that was pretty sweet yeah Um. it was really cool i would say kaylee that this was the moment when he powers up and i saw how it was done um, I am basically a kid at heart, and that that was the first time that I was like, "Oh, you know what? Avatar is pretty incredible sweet. Incredible water bending. We have seen barely any water bending, but we know that this is incredible water bending. Turns into this giant spire of water, and then into like this spinning wheel of water, and knocks all the Fire Nation people off the ship. Biff." Kind of collapses again, but then Sokka and Katara rescue him. They fly away on the bison. Yep. One last fire punch. Which One last fire punch. Aang diverts and causes an avalanche instead. Yeah. You hear that? So badass. Beautiful twang. It was so badass. What do you mean twang? Do you hear the thing, the wrap up theme for the first time, the, I think? Oh, no, that's the credit theme. The oh. end of the episode is always the same twangy string oh, okay. moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so there's there's an audio cue. I haven't picked up on that yet. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Yeah. So then closing, we get a really nice moment between Katara, Sokka, and Aang, who are now in the sky and embarking on this journey together for real. And Katara just asks Aang, "Why didn't you tell us that we we're that you were the Avatar?" And Aang says that he never wanted to be. You never want it to be. So that's like that's like this big cliffhanger human interest moment in this show. He never wanted to be. What do you mean? If you were if you were granted, you know, infinite cosmic power, wouldn't you want that? You would think. It's the hero's journey. It's the hero's journey. The reluctant hero's journey. Like Harry Potter. The best heroes have great responsibility thrust upon them. And yeah. Aang's... 12, 112, whatever. He's just a kid. Yeah. And that's, I mean, nobody knows what they want to do when they're a kid, when they're 12, 13 years old. Nobody knows what they want to do for the rest of their life. This dude had to figure it out right then, just because of the powers he had. You grow it's up. A, it's heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff for a show with the audience, with the intended audience that it was, you know? And it's kind of cool. Um that we know episode two, this is, I think, really the moment where, at least when I was watching for the first time, I sunk into it. I don't know what it is about mm-hmm. the four elements that really hooked me, but 
knowing from this step forward, all right, we're going to learn water. Water. Earth, air, earth, and fire. Air, fire. Yeah. That was so cool. That's pretty cool. Anyway, um, I think at this point uh, we've probably talked about the episode for no, like I'll, three times it's actually actual length. <laughs> I mean, that's such is the nature of, of this podcast. We're doing deep dives. And if you don't like it... Um, don't Actually, listen. I, I, I was going to say something mean, but but if you don't like it, just bear with us. Please stay. Um, also, we love you. Uh, and we say that uh, pretty much universally without any regards to um, who you specifically are. Yeah. Love y'all. I wanted to talk about one last thing before we depart on our journey. We had this line at the beginning, the very beginning of the show, where... The idea of, I I wrote at the very beginning of the episode, I said, does the village want fun? Because that, that was one of the arguments for um, for the two teens, right? To, to keep Aang around. Like, what are we going to do for fun? What was that quote? What was that quote? Uh, yeah, he said, oh, Katara says, Aang's brought something here that we haven't had in a long time. He's brought fun back. He's to brought fun back, right. And Aang... Almost as like a, maybe like a told you so moment, which seems completely implausible given everything, given everything that happened during the episode. Um, they were like, oh, how will we know where to go or something like that? Oh, yeah. No, Sokka says mm-hmm. you can't fight the Fire Nation with fun. You can't fight the Fire Nation with fun. That's what, is that the, the same conversation at the very end where they're like, that's what makes it fun? Right at the very at the at the beginning, they're like, they're like you can't fight fight the Fire Nation with fun as like sort of a rationale like Aang won't help them in their battle, and then here they are at the end, and Aang is reassuring them by saying, "Oh, that's what makes it fun." Right, we have all these places we have to go. Yeah, yeah, we have mm-hmm. all these places we got to go. We got to go right, penguin right. sledding. Oh, yeah, we got to go. That's what's happening. He's 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 charting their course because Aang says yeah. he he does. He responds to Saka's question and says. Have you tried? Have you tried fighting the Fire Nation with fun? Uh-huh. And he knows they're going to the North Pole and he's got a big responsibility, but on the way, they're going to they're going to have some fun. Right. Right, because if you if you're doing what you if you're doing your calling in life, you A know it from an early age, B hope to gosh that it's something that our society rewards with money, and C it's fun. It'll stay fun. That you decide when you're 12, it'll be like you're 12 the whole time. And that explains my immaturity about everything. Or, so I'm told. Samesies. By the flying bison that appears to me (laughs) in my dreams. Oh, oh, oh. Is my husband a secret airbender? Mm. We haven't even gotten to Korra yet, but there are some of those. Anyway. Um, I was going to make a fart joke. It was very ill-timed. But <laughs> I'm going to spare us of all of that. And I think... Now is not to... the time to break wind. Uh, what about bend it? <laughs> Insert fart noise here. <laughs> That's immature, guys. Stop it. I said stop it. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up, right? Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. So that brings us to the end of episode two. Mm -hmm. Tastefully as always. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, This is Mm -hmm. Atlas Shrugged. We hope uh, you'll join us next time when we talk about episode three. (laughs) Yep. 
It'll be fun. Um, are we going to watch that now? Or? I mean, I will literally never say no. So, are we going? It's almost one in the morning. Eh, why not? All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>